Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am Tamala, your host. Today, I have Di Manuel. He is a super dad, a fantastic husband. He is a life coach and a, he has a TEDx talk that we'll get into. The TEDx talk talk for those who want to go and look him up. It is called Why Vulnerability is a Human Thing, right? Welcome to the show, Di. <laughs> Thank you, Tamala. You know, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I appreciate our, our pre-conversation to us going live with this conversation. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had to, an opportunity to practice a little bit of vulnerability with each other. Yes, absolutely. And, and I appreciate that. And yeah. I appreciate that. You I do, know, too. It's, uh, it's, it's very, very important. It's, you know, so when... When I when you told me what the name of your TEDx talk was, I was like, you know, that's it's just so perfect. So before we get into this vulnerability, can you tell us a little mm. bit about yourself? Sure. Well, you know, I'll, I'll try to give you the abbreviated version. You know, and it's like me trying to condense forty five years into forty five seconds, right? So uh, it, it's a challenge, and, and uh, yeah. I'll tell you right now, brevity is not a skill in my 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 toolbox. So I'll do my best. Okay. Um, of course, my, my name's Di, and a lot of people are like, well, that's a weird name. And yeah, sure, it's a little weird. It, it's a, it's actually a Welsh name for David. Oh. And uh, so Welsh first name, my last name, Manuel, is Portuguese. So, uh, you know, people automatically are like, whoa, okay, that's a mix. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm just Canadian, you know? So, <laughs> and uh, anybody that knows Canadians, we're, we're, we're mixes of everything up here. So it's all good. It's uh and it's a beautiful thing. But, um, you, you know, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm sort of completing that 45th lap around the sun. I'll be 46 in, in about five months time. And uh, I've had a few experiences along the way, you know, and, and, and I'll just give you the highlights. You know, uh, uh, my parents divorced before I was 10. That was a tr- challenging time and uh, a traumatic time for me. I didn't really process it very well. And as such, I learned to console myself um, through isolation, but also through food. And video games and movies. So a very sedentary lifestyle, eating a lot of very nutrition poor foods, yet calorie rich <laughs> and and not doing any activity and, and also being very lonely and, and isolated. And, and that leads to a lot of mental health conversation points. And we don't need to get into that right now. But um, after five years of living like that, I got to a place in, in mid-teen years, you know, by 14, uh, I remember the doctor pulling my mom into the doctor's office saying, hey, Betty Ann, your, your son died. He's morbidly obese. You know, me at 14, almost 15, I'm like, morbidly doesn't sound good. And obese certainly doesn't sound good. I didn't really understand what it meant, but I knew it wasn't a good thing. And uh, I went through some some big shifts, you know, and made a decision to, to, to really get healthy. And a lot of people said, what's your motivation to get healthy? Well, if I'm perfectly honest, it's because I wanted somebody to want me. Oh, I, I, I wanted a girlfriend, you know, like. My friends, my peers at school were, you know, girls were taking interest in it. And I was like, well, what about me? Nobody loves me, you know? And to be fair, after those couple of years to make that transformation, I realized that I didn't love myself. 
you mm. know, and, and, and so that opened up a whole nother avenue and, and, you know, ventured into my twenties and big changes again happening. And, uh, unfortunately I had gone from consoling myself with food, got really big into health, but I still dealt with social anxiety and some other, uh, you know, some stress, mental health challenges. And as such, I learned to console those challenges and ignore them through alcohol. Wow. That went on for almost 15 years, from my late teens into my early 30s. But during that time, I met my wife, my partner in life. I've been dating her for 22 years, Christy, amazing woman, and uh, a big reason why I'm even where I am today. And, you know, together, we've also had two great kids who are now 17 and 19, two girls. And yeah, uh, some people say, do you like having girls? I love having girls. I only wanted girls. So I feel very blessed for that, you know. And uh, But in my early 30s, especially as a COO, CMO of a company that I co-founded, a lot of those pressures that were driven by ego, you know, know, trying to show up and be seen as the guy, right? And and trying to be perfect in every aspect of my life, which only led me to want to drink more. And it got out of control. And, uh, you know, that's sort of where the TEDx talk actually picks up is it talks about this story, this experience that I went through about 12 years ago, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, long and short of it, I went through the last 12 years, a lot of personal growth. I exited out of that business. My family and I said, what would it be like to be a full-time family traveling the world and collecting experiences, not stuff? And that set in motion, you know, up until the pandemic, we were traveling for five years full-time as a family. Two and a half years, we lived in Bali, Indonesia. And uh, yeah, and and we relocated back here right before the pandemic. And it wasn't because of the pandemic that we moved back. It was because our kids wanted to finish high school in Vancouver, Canada. And uh, so it was just perfect timing. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's so interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of things people don't know about me. So I'm I'm sort of just giving you some highlights and then we can sort of tease it out in the conversation. But once we came back, you know, and, and during those this time that I was traveling, um, I had already started building up a profile online and started working with people in different countries online as a coach, as a mentor, both in business, but especially in life, you know, and because the two are intertwined. I don't care who you are, your professional and your personal are you. <laughs> so if you can't reconcile those two worlds to be optimal, to give you the best results possible, so you're feeling fulfilled, happy and joy every day. Well, we should probably have a conversation, <laughs> you know, yes. and uh and, yes. and so long and short of it, you know, that that's sort of the, the overview. And, and here I am in Vancouver, just doing that, helping people create massive transformations and shifts in life. And, and, and I get to connect to really cool people like you. So, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm, I'm grateful to be here today. And I feel really honored to, to be able to have this conversation with you. So, so yeah, that's it. I, I, I will that. tell you, <laughs> I, you, you have superhuman on your shirt. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny, funny side note, you know, I, uh, it's basically the TEDx equivalent of biohacking. And uh, so the biohacker space, the human performance space, uh, and unfortunately the pandemic put it on pause, but they had uh, two successful years and I got to be the MC the first year and then I got to do the opening keynote the second year. But uh, really cool, great, great event. And people, YouTube Superhuman Summit, they've got all the videos posted online, they're TED formats. And, and I'm not affiliated other than I participated, but right. it's super cool. You cutting edge stuff about how to improve our lives. And, well, uh, I so, think that you should yeah. host it every year. Oh, I'm going to tell It's definitely <laughs> you. Absolutely. You tell them to call me. Call Tamala. I'll tell them. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, so yeah. I was telling you um, that I felt as though 
vulnerability was a good subject because a lot of people, they don't understand how it can help them. I know it's difficult, but we can unleash so many things within ourselves if um, if we just allow it. So today I had to, um, so I've always been this very strong individual, you know, let's, let's be clear with the whole codependency part of it. And, you know, so everybody, you know, I have that nature where people come to me and I don't always take care of myself. So, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot when it comes to healing myself and being very aware of my body and aware of how I feel and what I need. Mm. Well, my brother, he passed in March. I'm sure this has come up in several uh, podcasts. So I hope this is not redundant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And um, so, you know, I went through the whole helping my parents, you know, and Mm -hmm. all of that. So, you know, I've dealt with grief, you know, Mm -hmm. helping others through grief. So you kind of, you know, the work. Mm-hmm. Until you need to, so you need to do the work, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So I have been going through that situation, and then uh, we had another death in our family. Oh, um, mm-hmm. So my brother passed March 18th, um, and then we had another death Mar- uh, May 11th, right? Oh, so wow. I was, I felt doing fairly well. So <laughs> mm. pretty good, you know. Yeah. Doing my work, I, you know, when when you're sad, you take that in, you know, you breathe through it all, and because yeah. nobody can tell you how long to grieve, you just yeah. go through the process, right? Mm-hmm. So I was always allowing myself to go through the process. So nobody knows this until I talk to my doctor today. So this will be you'll be the second person that I've told this to. So when <laughs> it's just it's heavy. <laughs> when okay. I was at um, when I was at the second uh, viewing, mm-hmm. I turned toward the front and I saw my brother all over again. He oh. was, you know, it was like being all over again. So snapped, freaked me out, ran out. Was like, what was that? Like, never had that experience before. Mm-hmm. Well, I realized today that that triggered me into a depression, right? Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden I am going through this, you know, spurts of crying constantly. I can't sleep and, you know, Mm -hmm. going through all these emotions that I don't recognize because I've Mm -hmm. never had this level of pain before, Mm -hmm. So, of course, I know I'm like, okay, I've got to call my counselor. Um, I even called my doctor today to go, can't concentrate at work, can't read emails, can't do anything. So I actually told her, this was the first time that I was actually, this is where the vulnerability comes in, because, Mm -hmm. which all of this really does, but this in particular, sometimes you go through things and you don't how can I say this? You don't know how deep something can affect you. Mm-hmm. So I was driving down the street and I started to um, excel, you know, mm-hmm. car. and something triggered and said, you know, if you just keep going, this pain can stop. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And it was just something that was in my head. And all of a sudden, no, 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 no. (laughs) This is not what this is supposed to be. You know, Mm -hmm. you are going through something that's deeper than healing at home. This is deeper than, um, you know, meditating. You you can meditate and do all of that as well, but Mm -hmm. you obviously need some help, right? So I was uh, grateful enough. I have this beautiful doctor. She has been my doctor for probably over 15 years. So she knows me, you know, she knows like every part of me. It's just literally every part of me. (laughs) 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 Like every good doctor should, right? That's right. But today, you know, she could look at me because we did a teleconference, you know, Mm -hmm. a televisit is what they call it. She could look at me and say, oh, Tell me what's going on. Something is is really. So I was able to take a moment and be vulnerable with her. And even mm-hmm. though she is my doctor, it was still hard to say. Mm-hmm. I had a moment that I was very, very weak. And I don't know what to do with it. And this is Miss Life Coach. This is Miss, uh, you know, codependent recovery. And I'm, you know, talking to this person. I'm giving podcasts about self-help and doing this. But you got to know when to open your mouth. Mm-hmm. And say, I need help. Mm-hmm. Right. So that <laughs> was my day. <laughs> so that's why it's wow. just, you know, I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. So when I found out the name of your TEDx talk, I was like, oh man, this is supposed to be about vulnerability. You have to know that it's okay to need help. It's okay to. Talk about something that's so very hard that you may even think about that people may judge you on. Right. Like, if I say this, will they judge me? Well, you know what? If it's going to make you better, so be it. Right? Okay. So be it. But anyway, that's what I was talking about when I told you. I was like, oh, this is perfect because I had that moment today. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's I know it's not an easy thing to share, but Wow. Wow. I mean, it just, it makes this conversation so much more relevant and significant and, and obviously connected, you know, like it's, uh, gosh, you know, that grieving cycle is, is, you know, I, I wish that there was a finite time allotment, right? Like I wish someone could say, yeah, you'll be grieving for three days and then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but there isn't, you know, I lost my dad five years ago to pancreatic cancer. And, and uh, you know, I also lost a few friends, unfortunately, to, to mental health challenges and uh, they took their own lives. And, you know, it's been a really trying time these last number of years with just, yeah, the world's been in an interesting place. Let's, let's just right. say that, you know, Absolutely. and uh, pandemic didn't help things, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and the nature, and I, I'm not going to bring it up. It, it's relevant enough for people that are in the, aware of what's going on in the world. But I mean, some of the things have been happening down South as, as an example, you know, with, yes. with gun control and that, and again, yes. not looking to bring politics into this or morality, but you know, the world's an interesting place. right now, yes. And I, I believe that, you know, our ability to be vulnerable is a skill, but it's a skill that we need support with. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think back to like, what was my earliest impression or understanding what vulnerability meant to me? I always believed it was a weakness. Right. I shouldn't be. That's what we're taught. Yeah. That's what we're taught. Yeah. That being vulnerable is weak and it is so not. That's right. Definitely it's not. Is not. It's not. It, and 
if we don't have people telling us that or showing us, uh, you know, role modeling great examples of how it can be seen as something completely different, as a strength, as a skill, as something that can be developed with practice with people that have either earned your vulnerability or trust, more importantly, because it's not something we just give freely, you know, and I, I think that is where we might run into challenges at times because, you know, that idea of being overly vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I always question that in certain individuals, you know, and even myself, my own motivations. Why am I sharing about this stuff? And 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 I think we're we're in a place in the world today where it, it is easy to overshare. And I'm not here to say that that's a bad thing, but we have to ask, why are we doing that? What what is the need for that? And and because you know, as Brene Brown has said in a lot of her work around this subject matter, you know, she says it's it's. Vulnerability is, um, it's not something we do just for attention, right? It, it's, it's not. If it's something that's done and practiced in a really constructive way, you know, in, in a way that it ultimately brings people closer together and it builds deeper trust and connection and understanding. Right. Absolutely. You know, but, but we do in some cases use it, especially in the social media side of things, you know, sometimes vulnerability is used as, as for shock and awe, right? To, to, to get attention. And, and we just have to wonder, is it a cry for help or is it just uh, someone trying to follow a trend, right? And, right. and I hate We're to trying to get followers. Yes, and do it to try to get followers, yeah. trying to get hits. You know, what is the and purpose? I, is that the real motivation for it, right? Because, it, because being vulnerable in, in the right situations with the right people is very cathartic. It's healing, it's nurturing, but it also allows us to not feel so alone in what we're suffering with at that time. Right. And, you know, and I think back to, to my biggest challenge, you know, it, when, when things really just started to, to, you know, my personal, my professional was, it was all like, I was very good at least keeping the professional side of things in order. Personally at home, there was a lot of struggles with my choices, you know, and, and I would often justify the choices based on I'm the primary provider for the family. You know, I, I work really hard to provide for everybody. So it was like my way of justifying my actions. But meanwhile, you know, had my daughters been with an individual like myself, how I was acting 12 years ago, mm-hmm. would I have put up with that? Right. Of course I wouldn't have. So, but yet that's what I was role modeling. And uh, this became really clear. And I, I, you know, I want people to watch the TEDx talk to get the full story, but I'll just give you a little snippet here. And this all became crystal clear when my wife asked me one question. And so this is, you got to understand, we were at a conversation. This is where we were at that that crossroad, as they say, you know, pardon the cliche, but it's a great visual, you know, and we were at a crossroad and and at this crossroad, we were discussing, do we go our separate ways and we figure out how to co-parent our children? Because this is not an environment that is healthy or safe to raise them in any longer. And I couldn't argue that. I, I had nothing. And as someone that's been in sales all his life, I'm pretty good at handling objections and talking through stuff. I had nothing because I knew she was absolutely right and valid in that statement. Wow. And then she followed it up with a question. She said, diary, being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters. Yeah. yeah. Pardon, say- the, pardon the pun, but it was very sobering, right? Like it's, it's, it was tough. 
because they say that, you know, your, your dad is who you're going to, to date, who you will marry, you know, you're going to bring dad home basically, because that's who you see, you know, that's who you look up to. And a lot of people don't understand as dysfunctional as it may be, that's still daddy. Yeah. So what he shows you. It's tough, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I I applaud you for seeing it because a lot of people don't see it. They're like, okay, I mean, I'm a good guy, you know. So how wonderful that you could look at where you were at that moment and say, you know what? I don't want them to bring the die today home, but I can become and show them who I want to meet at the door <laughs> when they bring someone That's home. Great right? putting, you know, and, yeah. And, and if I'm perfectly fair, that was just a moment in her asking that question. It, it was like, ah, oh, I can't honestly say that I have been that person, but I always believed that I wanted to be a certain way, a certain type of man, a certain type of husband, a certain type of father, a certain type of entrepreneur, you know, like I had an idea of who I wanted to be and who I felt I was becoming. And yet there's this, this alternate ego, this alternate side to me. And, and it was very conflicting and, and that created more stress and anxiety and, and, and times depression and you know, my only mechanism for dealing with that, which was role model to me through my association. Mm-hmm. So I want you to understand, you know, it's that the, whoever we hang out with the most, we often pick up similar habits, similar beliefs, and we do similar things. And I became very, what was that? Birds of a feather. Yes, that's exactly right. Birds of a feather flock together. And, and I, I was in a flock and, you know, the talk about being vulnerable or asking for help, I know, <laughs> suck it up, buttercup, be strong and don't cry. You know what I mean? All the stereotypes yeah. and cliches. That was what I was role model. So to be fair, I, I didn't really know of any other way to do things. And so all of a sudden I get to this place. My wife asked me this question. And I realize if I don't make a decision now to make some big, big changes, I'm going to lose everything that actually I've always said is the most important thing to me, my family. And, and of course, my own integrity to who I've always believed I was and I was going to be. And I knew that what I was showing up as was in a complete conflict with that. I wasn't really showing up as that person, at least not fully. And, and so I made a commitment to my girls, my, my two daughters, both under the age of six at the time, but also my wife. And we'd been married for about a decade at that point. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go one year without drinking. Just one year. Now, recognize from the age of 18 to now at 32, when I made this commitment to them, that would have been, you know, about 11 months longer than the longest period of time I've ever done without drinking, (laughs) you know, during that like 14, 15 years. So that was a major commitment. Yeah. And in the first couple, I'd say the first month to six weeks, I realized, oh my gosh, this is a really hard thing to do. Because my habits were so deeply ingrained, my way of coping with stress and anxiety was so deeply conditioned that I didn't know how to release that, that, that overwhelm from my life without drinking. So I became more and more just confused, disconnected, and, and just a mess, okay? And, and I remember saying, you know, I, I need help. And I remember fully sharing with my wife, and it was probably one of the most authentic and transparent conversations we've ever had together where I did download 
everything to her about what I was feeling, what I was thinking about my insecurities and really just got extremely vulnerable. And you know what? It, it was hard. Okay. It was hard, but you know what? It was also extremely worth it based on what happened after that, you know? And, and, and that's when I recognized I need other help. I need professional support. And I started working with a psychologist for about three, four months. I worked with a counselor, you know, and, and I just started to work on me. The end of that year, Tamala, at the end of that year, you know, I remember my wife saying, well, it's, it's January 1st. Do we want to, you know, you, you made the whole year. Wow. Let's celebrate. Do you want to share a bottle of wine? And I'm like, you know what? I've had so much growth and I'm feeling so good about me, about my life, about everything that's going on. Why rock the boat? What if I just keep going with this commitment? Yes. And that's, you know, it's now turned into almost 13 years since I had my last drink. And, and I don't miss it. I don't think about it. I can be around people that drink. I don't care. Like it's got no pull or sway over me either way. And, but I had to work on me, you know? And, uh, and I think that is the, the biggest thing about vulnerability is that when we are vulnerable, it does, as you said already, it gives permission to others to also be vulnerable. And, and if you think about every relationship you have that's of significance, when I say significance, those, those relationships are the people that, you know, you love and you care about most in your life. And if you think about how did those relationships become that strong? It was through being vulnerable, absolutely sharing about yourself, sharing about your struggles, because you develop trust and understanding and connection and you deepen that relationship. And I think we forget that, you know, we forget that that's how we formed all these great relationships in our lives. Yes. And and that's why I always say it's it's a skill that we all got. We all got it. We all have the ability to do it. But how do we practice that in a safe way, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's the, the concern that most people have. I think it's beautiful that, you know, you were able to go to your wife and your wife handle it. Um, she supported you rather than feeling sorry or... Yes. Um, you know, or even some people may make you feel bad, you know, that support is so beautiful. So kudos to her, you know, because she was also, she, she was supporting you, but she was also supporting her children to ensure that her girls was coming home and herself. She was coming home to the best husband again, super dad, I mean, super husband. And that those babies were coming home to a great dad. You know, so how, how wonderful, I think, you know, when it comes to being vulnerable, if you can connect with the right people, um, it's important. That support is important because if you had taken that to your friends, you know, your friends were, they were probably the ones that you were out having fun with, drinking with. And you may have friends that say, you don't need to stop drinking. What's wrong with you? This is how we have fun. There's nothing wrong with having a beer or one drink or, you know, whatever, because they don't see the sacrifice and the reason for the sacrifice. I think that's beautiful. So always, you know, be vulnerable with the right people, the people that will support you through that. Yeah. I agree. And, and, you know, it's not everybody deserves our vulnerability, right? Like it, it is, I think, something that can be earned uh, yeah. like through trust and, and, and time. But, you know, 
we can always test relationships with vulnerability and how people respond or act. And again, it, it's it's an interesting thing, but until you start practicing and get more comfortable being that way, it, it just becomes something very elusive, but also intimidating and, and scary, right? Like, oh, it's scary to be vulnerable because as you said before, and I was under this belief that I might say something that someone's going to use it against me later. You know, like I might say something that I regret or only regret because they're now using that against me, you know, and, and that was always a big concern. You know, I can't tell the truth fully because it might be turned or spin a, a different way. And is that a real concern? Sure it is. But if you're having that concern about somebody, that's probably not somebody that deserves your, your, your vulnerability, you know, like it's okay. But find a community of people, you know, like I needed a community. I had to change my association. I had to find new friends and those old friends. It wasn't a matter of like, Hey, peace out. I won't see you ever again. It was just like over time, they just stopped calling me because I would go hang out. I wouldn't be drinking like we normally would. They'd all be drinking, you know, two rounds in, I realized the conversation that I wanted to have wasn't going to happen right. because they were not ready for it, nor did they want to do it. You know? So I stopped getting invited, <laughs> you know, which is, which is fair because okay. I was also feeling uncomfortable in those situations. Like, yeah. And uh, so I set out to find other communities and, and actually started uh, a number of years ago hosting men's groups, you know, and, uh, and that was a way to, to create a container or a space where oh, men yeah. could come together to practice this skill of vulnerability of being vulnerable with other men. Because that's often where we, we, we are falling short as men, you know, like it, it's truly opening up with other men. Um, at least that was where I struggled. And I had this idea. I'm like, I'm, there's got to be other guys that are struggling with this. I cannot be the only one. Right. And that is the coolest thing about vulnerability. Put up your hand and say, you know what? I'm struggling with this. All of a sudden, you might see a sea of hands up there. That's right. Popping up. Oh, me too. Right? Like. Yes. If the Me Too movement hasn't proven one thing to us, it's that, gosh, as soon as we start opening up about some of the challenges, there's a lot of other people that are also now being given permission to open up about their challenges. And all of a sudden we realize, holy smokes, here I've thought I'm the only one with this problem. But I'm not. And I'm not alone. And there's other people that can relate to me and understand. And we can help each other, you know. And uh, But you got to open up to figure yeah. that out, you know. And, and yeah. it takes a little bit of a leap of faith, you know. I love that. It's I was and you 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 jumped right into it because I was I was going into the whole men. A lot of women, uh, we may sit back and I think we're expected to be more vulnerable than men, of course, because men have to be strong. They're supposed to, you know, take on this and all, you know, but I think it's beautiful that you not only were willing to be vulnerable. And you started a group. It's the see a need, fill a need. I was always taught that if you see a need, if you can fill that need, do that. So you did that with the group, you know, and how wonderful it's a vulnerability type group. I mean, you hear about groups for uh, like for me, you've got meetings for codependency, you know, you have all these, but it's like vulnerability, of course, because people don't do it. So how beautiful. I think that's awesome. That's so good. So good. Now, do keep in mind, I don't uh, present it as come be vulnerable with other men because no. I don't think I don't think anybody would ever come. Uh, but but it is positioned around mentorship. 
right? So I, I, a little play on words there, mentorship. And, and it's us coming together to support each other. And it's through those sharing and being vulnerable that we actually all learn and grow together, you know? That's what sharing is. That's all it is. It's just taking time to um, tell your story, tell the stories that people in your circle may understand that others will not, that you feel as though they will not. So it gives you that opportunity. That's so beautiful. Um, yeah, I don't, I think that you are absolutely saying it correctly. If you go to a meeting and you're speaking and um, telling your story or telling your week, that's basically being vulnerable. You know, it's taking that moment to say this happened to me this week and that it gives an opportunity for other people to say, yes, me too. That happened. Um, we were, it was when I was holding codependency, the, it's like CODA meetings at the library. Mm. I always said it was something wonderful because it seemed as though everybody that would be at the meeting that week, we would go through the exact same thing. I'm like, how did you get into it with your sister? And I got into it with my sister. And you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, but it's when you speak about it, you know, when you, when you have that moment to speak about how hard your week was or, you know, how you, didn't know how to deal with a situation with your mate and you're really trying to f- figure out how to have communication and how to get better and have self-love and how you didn't really like yourself last week. All of that is just taking that moment to be vulnerable to say, you know, I didn't love myself this week, but I'm going to do better. You know, and somebody else can say, you know what, sis, I did too, you know, <laughs> and we'll get better. Having that sponsor, you know, you have a sponsor to be vulnerable with if that's what you want to do, you know? So I think that that's beautiful. Kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and I think it's, it's to be fair, it's, uh, it's all about the community and, and just bringing good people together to create great change and shifts, right? Mm-hmm. And just in our understanding, but more importantly, our perspective, because it, it is, it's all about perception. Not only our self-perception, but just how we interpret the world around us, you know, and Absolutely. what's alive and real for us right now. Like what's alive and real for you, you know? And, and that's like one of the prompts that we used to open up the meeting, you know, is like, so what's going on? How are you feeling? How are you doing? What are you, what are you working through? What are the wins that you're dealing with right now? Well, you know, like we want to celebrate other men doing great things where, you know, sometimes we've been taught that talking about certain things that we're really proud of and, and these big accomplishments, these success, win, successful wins in our lives. Sometimes we, we, we shrink ourselves because we're worried that if we share about that, other people will think it's an ego play. It's us bragging or, or trying to be portrayed as something more than we are. But that's wrong, you know, because vulnerability can go both directions. It can be about something positive in our lives, not just something negative, something hard. I, I, and I think a lot of us we will filter ourselves. We'll filter what we share. We'll filter what we say in, in concern that others may judge us for. And yet it's something that's alive and real that we're excited about, that we want to talk about. We want to share it with people, especially our friends, because I like to celebrate the great things happening in my friends' lives. I love that. That's a beautiful thing. I know how hard they work to create that result. And I don't want them feeling like, oh, I can't share this because they're going to think I'm bragging. Oh, man. Because it means we're shrinking. We're filtering what we want to say and share. 
and, and, and it's just, it's sad, you know, it really is. So um, that that's, I want to make that distinction because yes. I, I don't think it's just about being vulnerable, about the hard stuff. It's also being vulnerable, about the great stuff, you know, and, and, and I think we're, we're kind of are in a cultural shift right now where we do like to shrink ourselves. Sometimes we don't want to be too big. We don't want to be seen as talking about all the good stuff that's going on for us because there's so much pain in the world today. Yeah. There is a lot of suffering there, and, and, and we feel sheepish about talking about that, you know, and I, I, I get it. That. I get it. So yeah, I love yeah. the being vulnerable about your extraordinary life. Yeah. I like that. I like it a lot. So let's say there are men mm. in the audience right now that want to join your mentorship. How is that possible? You know, the simplest way, to be honest, just go to my Instagram. You click on the link in the bio right at the top is like, you want to come check out Mentorship Monday. You click there and you'll be brought to a page where you can register. It's free to come check it out. And, you know, we have groups in four different time zones. So it's just a matter of finding the time zone that works best for you and just show up. That's all you got to do is show up. And it's always on a Monday evening in whatever time zone. And, uh, and it's super cool. You know, it's, it's a fun, engaging group. And, and I always tell guys, just, just show up ready to at least just absorb. You don't have to talk. You don't have to share. You don't have to say anything. Just show up. So you know, if I, okay, so I have a Facebook page, yeah. uh, Codependent Me. Can I put it, can I put the link on Absolutely. there? Absolutely. You know, I know Nick and Nick has been the primary facilitator. He, so when I had this idea, he was the first person I called. I was like, Nick, I got this idea. And I, I and he's been coaching men and hosting men's circles for, for, gosh, I don't know, like a decade. And so he was the one person that I knew that did that. And I was like, I got this idea to bring men together on Monday nights to have dinner and conversation. But the only condition was there's no drugs, no drinking, and no drama. <laughs> you know? You and, and that was it. That was the only condition. And other than that, you just got to be a man. You know, and show up, or at least a, a, someone that represents themselves as a man. You know, and and, and that's what I always distinguish. You know, yeah, and I remember sure. experiences like yeah, a man. Gotcha. Uh, and yeah. uh, so I know he's very active in facilitating these groups, and is just an amazing person. And uh, I'm I go to the West Coast group. Um, so okay. I just full disclosure for anybody if you're wanting to connect with me, come to the West Coast group. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to meet Nick, and Nick is awesome. And uh, and all the guys in the community are great, you know, and uh, we, we got a European group and uh, a Southeast Asian group. We've got an East Coast group and a West Coast group. So plenty of choices. Right. Plenty of choices. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. That makes me feel so good. I love <laughs> I love it when men connect. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something about it. Just because when you think about meetings or groups or things like that, you always think that all oh, the, the, the women are getting together. I love when men get together and have a good time. That's good stuff. It's possible, so, right? Without all the drinking, without the drugs, without the drama, like it, it is possible, you know? It, it is, is to have a good, healthy time together yeah. and uplift one another. Yes. Talk about a kingdom. I love it. Okay. So your life coaching business, let's talk about it. How do you, if someone wanted life coaching, like what do you offer? Do you have one-on-one? Well, I know you have groups, but not, you know, that, you know. What do you offer? So if you, as far as your life coaching, what do you offer? I, you know, I always say it starts with a conversation. That's all. And I just tell people, if there's an interest in having a conversation, let's have a conversation. We'll see if there's opportunity for us to align. And, and if there's alignment and there's opportunity to, to, to help and support, uh, especially me support 
you, the, the, the potential individual looking to make some changes or shifts, then we'll explore what that could look like. But, you know, I have tons of free resources on my website and free programs. I've got a book I published many years ago, and all these are geared around helping people live their best life. And, you know, and, and it all starts within us. It really does. It all starts inside. It starts from that mindset shift and that self-perception shift. And, and so I got lots of content to help people with that. And, and I always say that's a great place to begin. And then we'll see where we go, you know, see where it goes. And uh, um, everything starts with a conversation or at least a hi, <laughs> you know, like a, a little hello or, or a quick comment on a post. Hi, or send me a DM. Hello. You know, like, yes, yes. And, and we'll just see what happens, you know, and uh, um, I, I really appreciate everything you're doing. And, and I think this community that you're, you're nurturing and, and, and serving, um, Gosh, I just wanted to expand and expand and expand because so many more people need this. And uh, so I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to be here to talk today and connect with you and and your community. And uh, listen, I'm excited to be of support. And and if I can help you, like, please let me know how. Absolutely. I will. So if you could give us your website, that would be great. Oh, sure. Yeah. Here's the cool thing about having a unique name. I'm really easily, uh, well, let's just say search engines love me. Okay, <laughs> so I, because it's such a unique name, you type in D-A-I and then you spell my last name, Manuel, M-E-N-U-E-L, you'll find plenty about me, but at the top, you'll usually find diamondwell.com and that's my website. So um, I do want to apologize if you're there, you know, before, say, August 1st. Um, it's my old site, but I have a new site launching by the end of July, beginning of August, which will be much more user friendly. Um, but hey. Don't worry about it. Lots of content there. Lots of fun stuff. And uh, it's a great place to begin. That's perfect. And for those who would like to know the name of your book, what's the name of your oh, book? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll show you a little picture of it. It's, uh, ooh, it's called The Whole Life Fitness Manifesto. And, you know, I realized I, I've been in the health and fitness industry now for, oh, my goodness, 27 years. Okay. 27 years I've been helping people with health, fitness, and and especially healthy mind, healthy body, healthy soul, you know, and, and what's most important is I found that people's number one challenge with getting healthy was time and, and their ability to reconcile that they actually do have time. They have more than enough time to make the changes to, to live their healthiest self. And so what I did was I created a process for people that takes 28 days to commit to, but it's only 2% of every 24 hours. So that's 30 minutes a day to optimize your body, your mind, and your soul. And uh, very simple, but simple doesn't mean easy because you still have to be doing some work for those 30 minutes. But it's all in the book. It's all contained within it. And uh, the digital copies, I, I, I basically give away for free on my website if you want to buy a copy. Uh, Barnes and Noble, you know, like all the usual bookshops and uh, online retailers have it. But uh, otherwise, you know, it, it's a good place to begin. And, and, and thanks for asking me about that, by the way. I wasn't planning for that, but that was awesome. Thank you. Well, I'm going to tell you, not only was I asking about it, I'm going to get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because today. No, you're going to send me your address. No, you're sending me your address and I'm sending you a signed copy. So you're oh, gonna give fantastic. You're so but, sweet. Thank you so much for that. I really, yeah, I need it. I was just, uh, my doctor said today, she said, baby, are you getting out and exercising? I was like, I don't have time. (laughs) It's like, okay, I do. (laughs) So yes, definitely. This was a a conversation that was needed. So thank you so much for being present 
for me today, my audience too, but for me today, because it was definitely divine. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Ah, oh, this is wonderful. Well, I, I can't wait till we connect again. And uh, I know for now, it's just, uh, uh, it's not goodbye. It's just ta-ta for now, you know? Absolutely. It's like, <laughs> ta-ta for now. And well, I, 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 I have to admit, you know, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh is one of my favorite characters. So uh, I tend to quote him quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, I match his energy, if you can believe that. So, I uh, love it. Oh, I, I can see that. Actually. <laughs> I can see that. That's good stuff. I love it. So I want to let the audience know that Diamond Well is fantastic. Go out and check out his TEDx talk. Also go out and grab his book. Check them out on Instagram. I'm sure you have a Facebook page. Yes. Ah, it's all there. Yeah. You it's are absolutely, <laughs> like you said, Google them. Google them. You come up. <laughs> so I want to get the Mentorship Mondays out on the Facebook page okay. because I really ah. want people to get out and figure. And I'm going to share it with even people who are not on there because I think it's very, very important for men to come together and know that you don't have to do all of these wonderful things. You can have a nice, healthy group of people, of men to come together and have a wonderful time, right? So thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate you. Um, I always, I wanted to ask you, just in case we can get it together, I ask all of my guests, if you could tell the audience one thing, what would it be? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> excuse me, uh, an individual that's much wiser than me uh, said about 2,600 years ago, this too shall pass. Now, that gentleman was named Buddha. And I think what's interesting to note is that it wasn't until I did a Vipassana 10-day silent retreat that my meditation instructor reframed my understanding of that statement. Because I used to believe that I always meant the suffering, the hard stuff in life. Don't worry. We're going to get through this. This too shall pass. And he goes, yeah, that, that is what he means. But he also means we got to be present for all the good stuff that's happening in our lives because that too will pass. So it's the idea of being present in our lives, right? And I, when he said that, I was like, oh, Buddha is smart. <laughs> you know, like I was like, oh, I get it now. I get it. So that's the one thing I think I'd love to just sort of impart on people is, hey, when you think about this too shall pass, remember those good times, that moment you're having that, that, that first kiss on that date of that person that might be your life partner. Remember, that too is going to pass, you know, and, and all that good stuff, it's going to pass too. So enjoy it while it's happening, you know. Present. Oh, you were here for me today. I thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I want to let the audience know that you matter and your story matters. And until next time, have a wonderful day. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me. And check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.